Welcome to Hash It Out Podcast. Before we begin, I would like to inform you, this episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Today, we will be discussing sexual assault among college campuses, issues, bystander intervention, law process and campus support. Please feel free to step step away and take a moment to yourself. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in today. Considering the grave sexual crimes happening across the campuses throughout the years, I think it's crucial to break down the systematic denial and sexual assaults on campus. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Bilin. How are you doing, Bilin? Hello. Um, To be honest, I'm not that great. Why aren't you feeling great? What's the matter? The past couple of weeks have been rough, and not even in the class aspect, but more so with the amount of sexual assault cases that are being reported, and the fact that there are probably more incidents that have occurred, and they probably just haven't been reported doesn't make anything better. Yeah, I I get that. I think with school school reopenings and relaxation of social distancing policies meant sort of or indicated an increase in campus sexual assault like the start of fall semester is already known as red zone or a period of time when more than 50 percent of all sexual assaults on college are statistically found to occur this fall not only the schools welcomed a new class of freshmen to campus for the first time but they are they are also bringing back the sophomores who did not have a typical first year of college because of the pandemic the majority of the sophomores have spent their freshman year either fully remote or in a hybrid learning environment that was severely restricted for in-person socialization. And yes, that's the harsh reality of campuses across the country. According to RU's sexual misconduct policy, any sexual assault directed against another person without the consent of the complainant, including instances where the complainant is incapable of giving consent, it includes forcible rape, fondling, sexual assault with an object, and non-forcible sexual intercourse. According to RAIN, that is Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, 13% of all students experience rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation. Among undergrads, 26.4% of females and 6.8% of males experience rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation. Adding on to that, Rain emphasizes that when it comes to force, force doesn't always refer to physical pressure. Perpetrators may also use emotional coercion, psychological force, or manipulation to coerce a victim into non-consensual sex. Some perpetrators will use threats to force a victim to comply, such as threatening to hurt the victim or their family or other intimidation tactics. Statistics from Indiana University shows 22 reports of sexual assaults to the Bloomington campus police so far this semester. There have been around 12 rape cases that have been reported to the Bloomington campus. Currently, we are only discussing campus assaults, but this harsh reality exists in all corners of the world. I know that this is a very deep topic for me, and honestly, it's for Meta as well. Um, It's happened to the friends that we love, the family that we care for, and really a lot of people around us, and they just haven't mentioned it. And we have many resources and programs open to those that have been sexually assaulted and that would like to talk about it. However, this is outside of the home. Now, if you talk about it in the household, there is a sort of shame 
And it's very hard to talk about, especially for victims who are minorities. They have a much more difficult time bringing it up due to the way, you know, different countries dictate, basically. And like, for example, for me, I'm like Ethiopia and Eritrea. It happens so often there that when it occurs, bystanders just act oblivious to it. And it, sometimes it may be unbelievable, but it's it actually happens, like maybe on a day-to-day basis, if I'm going to be true or honest. I visited Ethiopia a couple years ago, like around maybe when I was like eight years old. And I remember walking with a family friend and we both witnessed someone getting assaulted on a bus. The people around the girl looked at her, saw how uncomfortable she was and turned away. Luckily, the family friend that I was with spoke up and got the girl out of the situation. But at the time, I didn't really understand what was happening, but it's something I'll never forget because how can you watch someone be so scared and not offer to help? Wow. Yeah, I think we have sort of similar situation in India too, where whenever there's a act of sexual assault or rape, there is more shame on the survivor than there is any emphasis on the person who did it. And I think it's it, it's disheartening to see the way society reacts to these things and how society works instead of reaching out and support, su- supporting the survivor, We there is an act of shame or there is a loss of dignity in their life mm-hmm. and it's it's you know it's humiliating honestly like because I had a back home I had a friend who sort of in school it went through sexual harassment mm-hmm. and she, she was too ashamed of uh, sort of talking about that to her parents well the teachers were aware of it you know but the thing was there was no there was no acknowledgement of support. There was no there was no system. There was no prevention education that was given. Mm-hmm. So it sort of became like more her personal life or what happened to her became more of like a gossip that traveled around. And she also ended up attempting attempting suicide. And that's that's even worse. The fact that like when you are going through something and you need support and you can't even go to your family because that's the kind of environment that's made, you know, that, hey, like, you should be ashamed of this when, honestly, you should be reaching out for support. You need help at that point. Like, you did, there's nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. It was, like, the fact that it's toned down to that being your mistake or what type of clothes you were wearing or what time or who you were with, it's just... It's just disgusting. Like yeah. there is, I don't have any other word for it. And I think majority of the sexual assaults, at least that ba- happen back home, they come from the people that you know already. Yeah. You know? And that's the case in, around the world. And it's just the fact that like there is no, the, they, I think here at least there are some systems in place sort of. Whereas back home, it's more of like what people do. So there are some charitable organizations that provide support. But in reality, like I have had incidences where I've went to the police station and I have reported and I've been told like, oh, so you were out at this time. It's all sure And fault. you're wearing, yeah, you're wearing these types of clothes. Yeah. Like you should, you know, introspect. And you, this is ought to happen to you, you know, like when you go around wearing a dress or even wearing a jeans, then this is something that is bound to happen to you. And that's that's just ridiculous mentality. And it's sad. It's sad that like because 
I think situations across and the way cultures view women kind of imp- like implicates sort of into the society as well which mm-hmm. which honestly like we worship goddesses so it's very strange to see a woman being treated like that in the society so it's a very strange aspect where where majority like majority of the country worships goddesses and yeah that that's just it it sometimes baffles me and I keep wondering like how did we even come to this sort of a situation Yeah, definitely. Well, I feel like uh in America like a lot of people, you know, they've came a long way. I'm not going to say that the things that happen like don't occur anymore because obviously they do, but I feel like like you said there's more of a system. There's better ways of handling things whereas back home, you know, outside of the US, people they just they act like it didn't happen. And if it did happen, it's the whole same thing where you know that was you why were you doing this why were you wearing this why did you look like this you know what i'm saying as if you're not supposed to you know be confident be the person that you want to be everyone just wants to turn around and then say it's because of you which isn't good for the mental health uh i'm sorry to hear that for your friend and i i very much understand that because it's happened to a lot of students and a lot of kids and it affects them very badly in ways that people couldn't possibly imagine um but speaking on school and students i know sexual assault can occur anywhere but when reading the email from iupy stating that it happened on campus in a residential building at that it made my heart drop it's very terrifying because now it's as if we can't feel safe on campus that it's they're supposedly supposed to guarantee our safety. I know that we have an emergency poll where if we feel unsafe, then we can press the button and an officer will escort us to where we want to go. However, these are placed so far apart and anything can happen in between the polls. I believe this ha- this problem has been noticed because like IPY like has a safe walk program where anyone is able to call and request a safe walk escort and this is 24/7. But even after, how can we be sure that nothing will happen to us once we get into our buildings? And if you wanted to know the Safe Walk escort call, uh is 317-274-7233. Thank you for that. I think now that you've sort of mentioned IUPI Safe Walk, there is something that um recently last week um the IUPD sort of decided that um they are they are no longer going to list the specific locations of the reported campus sexual assaults on the public crime log so whatever emails that you get they are going to be with very less of information they're not going to have a location or a time and place um they say that the new policy of withholding sort of names of frats and dorms is to protect student privacy what do you think about that um honestly it kind of, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I don't agree with it, but if you saw that recent IUPUI incident, the one that occurred on the staircase, they failed to provide the specification of the residential bu- building, which I feel was a very crucial piece of information because how are you going to know if you're safe if they're not going to give you where you like where that occurred and what actually happened? Yeah. I I sort of 
I think it dismisses any form of accountability or acknowledgement of any issues within these frats, sororities, housing and campus itself. Like considering how many assaults have been reported and we have no idea how many have not been reported. Mm-hmm. Like by doing so, I think we are just running away from addressing the issues within our community and what can be done better because the more information that you sort of and there's a difference between like it's important to know where and what place is in danger or like what time i shouldn't be at a certain place you know like it's important to know the specific i think it's important to know the specific location like how am i going to know what area to avoid you know mm-hmm. and i think like when you do that like it's more to sort of protect campus from kind of when you give less information it's much better because like no one will know what exactly happened where it happened and it's just i think they're protecting themselves more than they are protecting student privacy mm-hmm. there are i think there are many better things that can be done like setting cameras in the parking areas or like there are much better things that could have been done to protect student privacy i think with this it sort of fails to acknowledge the issues within these dorms and these fraternities mm-hmm. so yeah and yeah yeah i really don't know why they they're making that law because like i said it doesn't make sense um even if we're not trying to avoid those areas it's it's nice to know like where you should be more aware i mean obviously on this campus not even on this campus i feel like as a woman i should be very aware of the surroundings of my surroundings and not having that information um that kind of makes me a little bit more scared even though I'm already aware I just want to be you know I want to know everything that's going around me and I want to see and I want to like just know where I should not go if that makes sense yeah I agree I think when I was a when I was a freshman in 2019 there were a lot of sexual assault sort of cases that were coming from tower and I was aware of like okay tower is a little bit you know like a sketchy place it's something that I want to avoid I don't want to be there alone by myself um and like I was aware of that like now when I have been like I'm a junior and so I'm sort of aware of all the things or like some of the places on campus that I have to avoid but what about freshman who comes in new doesn't speak much to the upper class men like doesn't have that much of idea what about them you know and i think that's a sort of a great segue in order to for supporting student survivors is sort of how do you recognize and how do you you know um see that okay someone is in danger and how do you protect yourself because considering these laws are getting introduced there is also a responsibility on us on how to protect us you know and i think engaging the community in sort of bystander intervention programs has the potentials to help students advocate for others and think more carefully about our behaviors too you know and i think um for particularly some of the common reactions to any sort of trauma are physical mental emotional and behavioral so i think noticing let's say uh, you have like dizziness or upset stomach or feeling out of touch with your body headaches or a chronic pain like let's say your friend recently has gone through trauma and says okay i'm not feeling well i've been having a lot of headaches and so that that is one of the signs of okay that's that's one of the signs of like 
you know a trauma or like a common reaction that they have probably you don't know that they have they have been going through this some of the mental ones would be like changes in the way they think about you or they think about themselves um difficulty in concentrating problems with memories difficulty in making decisions um and then the fear and the inability to feel safe um the sadness anger the numbness lack of feelings loss of trust loss of self esteem and the behavioral can be sort of avoiding certain places or situations becoming more conf- uh, confrontational or aggressive changing in eating habits gain and loss of weight that is probably one of the most prominent ones and i think those are some of the like common reactions to any sort of trauma around us or even for us to introspect ourselves you know I feel like that's a very nice point to bring up because all the you know the symptoms and signs that you just talked about I feel like those would be mistaken a lot as if oh she's just not feeling right or he's not feeling this you know maybe it's just a bad day and a lot of people just end up dismissing it and no one would actually just be like oh okay so what happened to make you feel like this like do you need this um how can I help you uh whereas like you know like I said it's a lot of people just might dismiss it and so just knowing this it just makes it better mm-hmm. in a way yeah i agree and also ba- coming back to sort of bystander intervention it means like describe a situation where someone who is indirectly involved in the step steps sort of to come in and like change the outcome of the situation so um, basically you are the target someone is harassing you and there's a third person who interferes interferes and sort of tries to save you from a situation or tries to you know uh, delegate that situation and that's that person is acting as a bystander mm-hmm. uh so basically the way it works is there are five d's of bystander intervention um that's distract that is take indirect approach to deescalate the situation start a conversation with the target or, or find another way to draw their atten- attention away from them so let's say you are on the street there's someone sort of following you or someone is trying to harass you i go I go in and um, I I see I notice that I'm a person standing near the signal I notice there's some man who's been following you and who's been who's who's been like harassing you continuously so I can go I can walk up to you and I can ask you doesn't even have to be related to like hey are you feeling safe or not I can be like hey do you know uh, where this place is or do you can you help me find this shop or whatever the location or i can distract the person who's following you by asking them a location or like just use something to distract them from the target or use or use the location to sort of take you away from that situation if that makes sense uh to be honest i'm going to admit this uh this happened a couple years ago so i know this fully works um i was walking in the garage one day and one of my they're not really friends but they worked in the same program that I was at and i was walking and they noticed someone behind me i guess whereas i'm just going to my car just minding my business and it was around nighttime and they ended up coming up to the guy behind me and they started asking him questions and when they came back to me they were like i asked them what happened are you good and they were like yeah we just noticed that he was following you for you know since you left the building he walked into the building just to get to you. So, you know, I feel like this is a a valid point and that you should do it if you see something that's very unusual. Mm. 
yeah i think a lot of can also be put into the next sort of the d of the bystander intervention is delegate sort of get help from someone else like find someone in posi- position of authority like a bus driver flight attendant security guard a teacher or a store manager and ask them for help like check in with the person being harassed and you can ask them if they want to go go and sort of want to call the police you know and the other one is like delay like you know ask them hey can i accompany you somewhere like would you like to take a lift or sort of help them escape the like help the target escape the situation and the second last is direct sort of assess your safety first like before trying to save someone else check if you are in a position to sort of be safe yourself and then go and act around so before you approach think this through like you can talk to the person being harassed about like what's going on hey are you okay or should i get you help or should we get out of here and then the last one is document no matter what always document because that's how reporting is going to help that's going to help the target who's being harassed and they're going to in terms of legal process it's going to be much advantageous for them to document as well as for you if you are going through that to document it definitely definitely um yeah and additionally with the bystander intervention something that i want to add is there are two ways that you can report your sexual assault um one is you can report it to the iu sexual misconduct police office um and or you can report it to iupd directly or you can report it to both of them i know christine uh, kung fu is she is the cap sort of director for the sexual assault prevention and intervention program um it's on us is basically a national network of student organizers um they have sort of shown incredible resilience throughout the last year of remote learning and organizing they have enthusiastically sort of joined and contributed to the virtual sexual assault prevention education so and it's on us also had like a national student uh, leadership sum- summit last summer so we have a chapter of it's on us at IUPUI I know USG is also holding sol- uh, solidarity walks throughout so these are some of the resources sort of that you can use and I hope like so far with all the resources that we have mentioned it can be a use to you and now I'm going to direct it to Bill well that's all for this week's episode of hash it out the need to reach out feel free to because we're here nonetheless don't forget to check out our other episodes i hope you've enjoyed listening to our podcast and i hope you have a wonderful day see you next time